time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 132, Balance Your Breath, Manage Your Mind. Did you ever think for a moment that the remedy for a calm and happy mind is right under your nose? Well, it may be also hard to believe that 9 out of 10 adults breathe incorrectly, which impairs their health and causes anxiety and depression. But the good news is that we can relearn how to breathe and do it correctly. In today's episode, I'd like to talk about how breathing affects anxiety, proper breathing technique, and how to strengthen your breathing muscle. You know, when thoughts that threaten our security happen, and in the case of, in the case of like for anxiety, our breathing rate and pattern change. Instead of breathing slowly from our lower lungs, we begin to breathe rapidly and shallow from the upper lungs. If during this time we're not physically exerting ourselves, you know, if we're not running or biking or doing something walking, then we produce a phenomenon called hyperventilation. And this in turn can explain why we get some uncomfortable symptoms when we feel anxious, like dizziness, shortness of breath, maybe a lump in the throat, tingling or numbness of our hands, nausea, even confusion. But we do know that when we change our breathing, our patterns, we can reverse these symptoms. Because by just shifting your breath rate and pattern, and the habit of breathing, of course, you could stimulate the body's parasympathetic response. That's the rest and relax and recover response. And this is the body's equally powerful and it's opposite to that emergency response, you know, where we go into that fight. And, and flight, we get very excited, which would be more of a sympathetic response. We'll call what we really want to do is breathing to remain calm, because each episode I always say, until next time, remain calm. And this way, in this, in this uh, uh, topic where I'm talking, we're talking about remaining calm, meaning more relaxed. A relaxed body, a relaxed mind, a relaxed nervous system, the whole thing, and a relaxed spirit, of course. When we're calm, we create, as I mentioned, a parasympathetic response, which means our system goes into a calmer and more relaxed state. And when that happens, our oxygen consumption decreases, our breathing slows, our heart rate even slows, blood pressure decreases, muscle tension decreases, and a growing sense of ease in the body and calmness of mind begins to take hold. For that reason, it's important for us to know what specific skills we can do to reverse any kind of emergency response we have to calm our body and clear our mind. Because remember, when we put our breath back into balance, we can get our mind under, we can manage our mind. You know, keep in mind that psychologists do not really typical focus on breathing, nor do any medical practitioners. You know, I've had many clients who have had anxiety and depression and had come through referral with when their meds were not working. 
you know, and they were looking for nutrition advice, which of course I gave them, but I always work with the breath. The breath is always the underlying foundation principle because if the breath isn't coordinated and in a, in a calm, manageable, healthy way, we could never manage what's going on in the mind. It's the root of everything. You know, I'm talking here, just take a note about breath here for anxiety, but keep in mind, there's also emotional causes many times integrated with this. So just keep in mind, I'm using breath as a tool to regulate the body and mind so that we can have, uh, so our deeper issues can be addressed. And I'm bringing it at a time now because I had just given a talk uh, for the realm of caring and where they asked me to talk about feeling good matters and the role of breath. Breathing is at the cornerstone of good health and that changing the way we breathe can have an enormous impact, as we know, improve our sleep, cognition, eating habits, resilience to stress, and even our immune function. It's quite nice to know that our immune system can actually be benefited with proper breathing. It could even lower our inflammation level, improve our GI function. It could also increase longevity and reduce pain. You know, when you're in pain, you tense up, which in turn affects your breathing and makes it shallower. And this actually makes pain feel worse and can lead to a vicious circle where pain comes, you know, it becomes constant. So how does it work? Well, people who are anxious tend to breathe in the upper lungs, upper chest, in shallow, rapid breaths, instead of breathing into their lower lungs or the lower part of their, their chest using their diaphragm. And to breathe correctly, we need to engage these lower lungs. And we do that with abdominal diaphragmatic breathing. And this is a good way to breathe all day long, unless you're involved in physical activity, of course. But we want to practice breathing, diaphragmatic breathing all day long, since it actually provides sufficient oxygen intake and controls our exhalation of carbon dioxide. We get rid of extra toxins that may be floating around. You know, children before the age of five breathe in this way. Just watch a baby breathe. The belly moves. On inhale, it expands. On exhale, it deflates. And give it a try right now. Put your right hand on your chest and your left on your belly and take a couple of breaths and see which moves. And if you take a moment to do that, you will see what moves. You know, there are many who impose variations on this, but the key is to engage the diaphragm. It may take a month or so to learn, but make it your default breath. Be aware of your breath holding. Many experts out there are teaching breath holding, although there are useful yogic practices for this. In the case of anxiety, I wouldn't suggest breath holding. Unless you're proficient in your exhale for twice as long as your inhale, say for a count of 16, then hold off really on breath holding until you've trained your nervous system to accommodate the change. Otherwise, I think you're going to be in, in more of a, a challenge problem. You might do more damage than really good. And you might not see it on the gross level, but it will hurt the nervous system on a very subtle level. Learning steady and smooth breathing without jerks or pauses by the nose, not the mouth, will have tremendous results. We always want to engage our diaphragm when we're breathing. Because, you know, muscles do atrophy when we have lack of use. So if you keep breathing improperly for several decades, what do you think is going to happen? That muscle needs to be retrained. Even athletes can have weak breathing muscles, but in order to be strong, they have to be worked out separately. 
And it doesn't happen automatically, by the way. Uh, you know, just because you're breathing heavily or when people say take a deep breath, that doesn't mean you're necessarily using your diaphragm. The breathing muscles include our intercostals, which they're the muscles, by the way, that run through uh, between your ribs and along the chest wall. We have the diaphragm, which is the real key player here. And that's a thin sheet of muscle that extends across your thoracic cavity. In other words, below your heart and your lungs, but it's above your digestive system. So everything just sits right there. And we have our little obliques, right? They're not that little, but they're active. They're, they participate in active breathing. You know, they're the largest outermost muscles that we have. And that's what gives you your six pack look if you're still looking for that. And also, uh, you know, helping with the pelvic floor. So how do we strengthen our breathing muscles? Well, there are three poses to use when learning. And I've taught this throughout several, several decades now, but I'll go over them again for people who are new to the community. You know, we have the crocodile pose where you're lying on your abdomen because that helps automatically. So I would start there for a month and just learn how to breathe because it'll automatically give you the diaphragmatic breath. And we strengthen the diaphragm with that. And so that's what I would be doing. And then we teach, you know, you're rolling over on your back and you can actually place a book or something lightweight and really work on the abdominal region rising and falling as you lay down. And as you watch it rise and fall, you're actually strengthening your diaphragmatic, your diaphragmatic muscle. So you want to think about your belly button getting closer to your spine and eventually your ribs coming together when we exhale. And then when we inhale, we want to have that expansion take place. And so it's, it's pretty neat to be able to do that. It's also important to think about stretching because that helps improve your range of motion and your flexibility. And proper breathing is an important aspect of effective stretching as well. Stretching can improve your breathing. We already know that. I love spinal twists, you know, for those that are yogis out there who like to do, I should say, who do yoga classes, spinal twists, if they're done correctly and you don't have any injuries, actually help you get deep within the abdominal uh, cavity and really work with the lower abdominal muscles and the pelvic floor. And it helps to expand, the whole idea is to expand that space rather than contract that space. So when we apply these skills, we have to keep two things in mind. Remember, our breathing is dictated in part by our current thoughts. So make sure you work on changing any negativity into being positive, especially during panic. And second, these skills work to the degree you're willing to focus on them. You know, most of your effort, uh, put most of your effort into not thinking about anything else. You know, no worried thoughts not when you're going to finish the breathing skill, but put your focus on following the breath. And on the next episode, I'll speak about breathing and immunity, and I'll talk about lung function from, you know, probably a traditional Chinese medicine model, just to give you an idea of what we're talking about in a much deeper way. But for now, I would, you know, use breath. We're looking at it as a remedy for really many of, to get over many of our chronic health problems. And what I'm talking about here is anxiety, depression, any of the instability that we have in the mind right now. 
So let's just look at one thing. The first step in healthy breathing is to really establish diaphragmatic breathing so you can have more of depth in your breath so that you can benefit from that. And you also want to breathe through your nose. I would say they're the two take-home messages for today that you want to really focus on and think about. Still breathing through your nose, but really work on those two postures that I gave you. And don't lose your connection to the wonder of life. And that comes also through, don't lose your connection to your breath. And that brings us to the end of this episode. And as I always say, do your research. If you know someone who may need to know about the topic, uh, please share the knowledge and serve the community by doing that. You could send the link to someone. The Susan Taylor podcast does come out every week and is available on susantaylor.org, iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube and other podcast platforms. And always join me behind the scenes. We have some commentary and Q&A on YouTube. And I'd like to say thanks for listening. And until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.